8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. And The Viewpoint, it certainly is. Welcome to the show. As always, there's many ways to engage me. Uh, Aba calling in, got it's a talk show, which is first prize, 0891104207. You can uh, tweet us, hashtag SFM Viewpoint. And when you do that, tag me, Ashraf Ganda, tag SFM Radio as well. SMS is 40938. <clears throat> and for those that uh, want to have their voices heard but do not wish to engage me on air, then you can go for the WhatsApp voice note uh, option, which is 0614 Those must be maximum 30 seconds, preferably 20 seconds. Beyond 30, we will not play it, unfortunately, because it's not meant to be a long lecture or talk, uh, as, as you would, I'm sure, understand. Right, we're going to talk about violence in schools seems like every few months it does come to the fore. We will talk about that after 9 o'clock. And what should the country be doing to deal with violence in schools? I'm just thinking, why violence in schools? You could actually replace the word schools and just talk about violence anyway. But we will tackle that when we get there. Our big hitter for the night, however, is Sadie Cutland. And she's she's retired. Let's start with the end. She's retired, but she's effectively the co-founder of CHUCK. And and that's an organization around childhood um, care and we'll certainly get into the details of that in just a, a moment and uh, she's been an integral part of that for many 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 years so we're going to pick a brain in a series of issues around children who are ill and medical care for them and what happens and the type of uh, support or maybe lack of support that may may come in so Sadie you've got this big responsibility you're the Bikita for the night welcome to the show thank you thank, thank you, you. Let, let's start with with the chalk that I spoke about um Never mind my absolute love for chocolates. This is not about chocolates, and I know that. It's an acronym, right? Correct. What what does it stand for? Well, when we started all 40 years ago, Professor Lorna McDougall at the time said to me, this is what you're going to call this group that you're talking about. And she walked me outside the clinic at Johannesburg Hospital, and it was Children's Hematology Oncology Clinic. So as we have developed down through the years, that has all fallen away to to a part and it has become CHOC. So we're CHOC, Childhood Cancer Foundation. And that's easier to to roll off the tongue. Childhood Cancer Foundation. I suppose the first one was very technical, isn't it? Yeah, it was. And we're talking about 40 years ago. Yeah, lots has changed in in that period. (laughs) What, so, so what does this Childhood Cancer Foundation actually then do? We started off a group of parents, myself. Um, we were all involved. We were all parents of a child attending the unit at the time. And we, we identified a whole lot of needs that help support, help get the medicine to go down. Anything that helps the medicine go down, we got involved with. And, you know, play is the work of children. So we started by having toys. We'd moved into the new Johannesburg Hospital on the Hill in 1979. And it was a very clinical, very beautiful hospital. And I felt, well, you know, a child with leukemia, treatment is a three-year program, Play is the work of children. Let's have some toys. Mm. Also, what do the, that mum do? Can she have a cup of coffee? 
and the children have, will have left home early that morning and they may not have had a good breakfast, but certainly come 10 o'clock, that child will like a sandwich. So we started with little niceties like that. Play, something to eat, mm-hmm. something to drink. And and wh- why did you start? I mean, was there a trigger in, in your personal life or just a passion that, that triggered that off to get you started? I think there was a trigger in all our lives at the time. We were all parents of a child mm-hmm. being treated at that clinic, which is the Children's Hematology Oncology Clinic. So there were children with leukemia, children with tumours, children with hematological problems, and we were all parents. And I think we saw the word support written across it all, and we needed to support one another and to be supported. So, so I'm, I'm trying to visualize this. You were effectively sitting in a clinic or in a hospital or in the, in the in the visiting area, all effectively having the same problems. You had, mm. in most cases, your child or mm. or somebody mm. close to you, mm. and all of you had, besides what the medical people could do, a need to support each other. Mm. Our daughter was was naturally the patient. She was a seven year old, Hillary, at the time, and at home we had a five year old and a baby for a year. Mm. So, so there was the home fire to keep burning as well. Hillary is now a 48-year-old, and okay. we're very wow. grateful Great. parents. Mm. She had a bone marrow failure. And in 79, it was a time when they didn't know all the medical science that we know today. They were very involved with all sorts of wonderful, wonderful discoveries. And medical science has advanced down through the years. But in 79, to have a bone marrow transplant was very rare. And they didn't have all the technology to do the tissue typing. And, and need I say there was, from your side as, as parents, there, there was concern for, for her life, not just even just Correct. general well-being? Correct. Yes. And your other children at home. Of course, yeah. Yeah. What, what type of... So, so this group of people, I'm going to say ladies, but it may not necessarily be ladies, it could they be parents, right? Uh, got together, sitting at the hospital and... If I now forward to to where we are today, what sort of impact has has shock made? Amazing, amazing, enormous support programs in place. Chuck has grown. In those days, we were just in Johannesburg, and then little pilot groups started at Tigerberg Hospital. But in 2000, we took Chuck nationally, and that was particularly my husband, Julian, uh, who was particularly involved helping me um, because he's the sort of academic behind it all and could write the constitutions and so on. And so we formed a national organization. But up front, we had a lot of resistance to even doing things for children with cancer because other organizations couldn't see it clear that we should be doing something for a child. Really? What, what sort of, what were they telling you? Well, it, it just, you know, it wasn't necessary. There was other people doing that. But we felt a child is different and children's needs are different. I think we're all, when we're sick, we're all a child at heart, to be honest. We don't like a big book. We want a magazine. We want the mm, newspaper mm. and so on. And I, I, we got through eventually after lots of hacking away and chipping at the goalpost. And we eventually got there and got a children's parent support going. 
going in the form of CHOC. And, and, and I would think that, you know, the Children's Support or CHOC as we know it is, is, is an organization now, even if people don't know exactly what you do, they do know it stands for something very, very good. Outside of CHOC, this meaning there is a, there's an impact this organization makes. And that's a tribute to, to all of you from all those years ago. It shows you that a dream or a vision at that stage can and will happen. Now, what about you engaging with my guest on air, Sadie Cutlin? You can certainly do that, co-founder of Chuck retired now, oh She mentioned her husband, uh, Julian, as, as the academic. I may just rope him in, in fact, just now. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. 104 If you are going to tweet us, it's hashtag SAFM Viewpoint. Give me your thoughts around, and this is the important issues. Uh, besides, I mean, of course, you can talk to Sadie Cutlin directly, and that's great because she is the big hitter. Having said that, the central theme of the discussion is really around uh, care for for children very specifically around children care for children when they are ill and and very very often gravely ill and the type of support that happens uh, outside of of the obvious support which would be the medical support coming from the doctors or the hospitals what sort of supports do do parents get and have and does it actually work and examples of that so you i'm hoping you're going to say it hasn't happened to you but if you are in that group of people where you've had question marks about your your children's health and their futures then you would know exactly the type of anguish that i may be alluding to right now so if that's the case feel free to share that with us on air so we can all grow from that but also then the issues of not just chalk but other support groups that you may be aware of um, because they started then I would think one organization cannot be enough. And if they have not been able to replicate uh, into 500 centers around the country, there may well be 20 others that do the same. And the intention may all just be very good. So there you are, 891 My guest, Heidi Cutlin, the co-founder of Chuck, And this is an organization effectively uh, looking at uh, support for, for children with cancer in the main. The show is called The Viewpoint. What's yours? Espresso Morning Show makes you feel so cool. Come hang out with the freshest morning crew in the hood. We bring you everything from music, beauty, trends, and a whole lot of soul food. It's so cool. Catch us weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. to get the entertainment you should. Catch your feel-good breakfast show only on SABC3. Feels so cool. The countdown to the final stretch of the 2018-2019 season has begun. Manchester United welcomes Southampton in the Premier League match of the week. It won't be a warm welcome on the pitch of play as the boys from Old Trafford focus on the top three spots. Pogba! That's the second we wanted. Paul Pogba with a brilliant finish. Pressure is mounting on the bottom five teams. It is crunch time for the Saints. In possession by Hoybier! Smashes the Saints level. Tune in to SABC3 this Saturday, live at 4.30pm, as the Red Devils of Manchester take on the Saints of Southampton. Brought to you by SABC Sports, for the love of the game. Hashtag SAFM Viewpoint. Continuing to chat to Sadie Cutlin, our big hitter for the night. Uh, co-founder of Chuck all those years ago. In fact, uh, what, I think 1979. 70, 79. There we are. That's how long ago we talked about an organization that's made a massive impact. We're bringing uh, husband Julian Cutlin as well in just now because he's also played a major role in the development of the organization. Mm-hmm. So, so l- let's then talk about um, 
maybe maybe the journey in, in terms of I mean, would I take it that it's an NGL? I mean, it's a, it's a support group, right? So so among, in that journey from a few parents getting together at one stage in the same hospital or clinic to growing it into a verified body, h- how did that journey happen? Because at some stage you're just beyond your own children now, right? Oh. It was just piece by piece by piece. Everybody just kept together. Everybody worked together. We did all sorts of things like fundraising and support of the parents and identifying the needs and being able to walk the path with those parents. Let it be the loss of a child, attending the funeral of that child, or let it be just being there to visit or to babysit and let that mummy go off and get her hair done or something like that. Volunteers were involved training of volunteers came on board and that was wonderful and so we just carried on from literally all this way give us an insight into when a child is ill so we're not talking from a medical point but when a child is ill what what sort of support does do, do parents require you know we take it for granted we're like i'm sorry i hope your child recovers but seriously what, what sort of support the whole psychological support you know, mother's the first thing you're going to say, why me, if you hear the bad news that your child has, say, leukemia. There are so many programs we've actually put in place. First of all, you also, you don't necessarily ne- live near the tertiary care hospital. Support. Where If you come from, say, Nelspreit or Tabazumbi, mm. where do you stay? So our chalk houses have become an enormous support for parents and children from out of town. Also, transportation. That mum may not have a vehicle. So transporting her backwards and forwards from our chalk houses, let it be, if I speak with a Johannesburg mm, cat, mm. Uh, let it be the Saxonwold House or the, one, the, the ones right beside the Baragwanath hospitals. You need to get the parents backwards and forwards. We offer all sorts of necessities, like on arrival, the parents, sometimes they may not think that they're going to get admitted. So we have care bags with toothbrush and toothpaste and all the little niceties and a toy maybe for the child. Uh, we, we've been very involved with so many different programs. And the big thing is to have a child diagnosed early. And awareness has been a very big thing. We, so you need professional support. You need non-professional support. You need mm. so much by way of getting you down that road to be able to cope and to be able to come to terms. The doctor's coming to talk to you and he's using big medical words. It's a jargon you don't know. You just say, yes, doctor, yes, doctor. It's and double it goes away, it's like, we, we put together a parent handbook for the, for the parents so that the parents could actually sit and read that in the quiet of their own space. And albeit it's only in English, but most parents would have somebody who would translate or mm, be mm. able to decipher. So we've done all sorts of things like that. We we outings for the children. We involve organisations that children can go away on camps, and we have you know support of the medical staff as well, because they really work hard. People in government service work very hard. Well, well, here's the thing: at 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 some stage, besides support, you know, co-support for each other, mm. right? Did it then also? I can say segue into support to the medical staff where, where they could value that you were playing a role that they didn't have, but but they were grateful because they, they were unable to do so themselves. They just didn't have capacities like, thank you, thumbs up. 
we could go out and beg and borrow and Mm. and get money for more um, IMEDs, for example, volume infusion pumps, Mm -hmm. whereas they couldn't. I mean, they were very much tied in to to their job and their role. And and I know, you know, that in many, many organizations of people working in the private sector and they're going to a conference, they're getting a daily cost of living and the airfares paid. That's not so in in, in government often with the particularly in the mm-hmm. medical field. So so were you in a position then to pressure them with inverted commas, uh, pressure the medical staff to ensure that that your children, all of the children and the Chuck, Chuck children of 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 Chuck, were able to get the the, the the Uber medical care better than what they would normally have got. Yeah, we could only by because of pressure. We could do a lot of the wheelings and mm. dealings, and and you know, create the whole awareness and the needs, and and talk to people and say this is what's required, um, and and that we've done very successfully and fundraise. They couldn't go fundraising, which we could. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bring in your, your husband. It's very quiet so far, sitting on the side as we continue chatting to Sadie Catlin, the co-founder of Chuck, who's now retired to so this organization put together in 1979, but a significant organization, by and large, just giving support for children with cancer. That's really what they are. It's a foundation doing just that. And there's also a global one around that. So, Julian, good to chat with you. You need to speak into that, Mike. Uh, your, your your wife described you as this, this academic that, that brought some... Some some gravitas, I, w- I would think, and that's my words uh, to the organisation. Mm. What, what did you do at that time? Okay, I w- worked in the the mining industry in sort of IT, I guess you could put it. Mm-hmm. Um, so completely unrelated to anything medical, right? Um, I and you know, probably uh, reasonably persistent in the early days. When other people gave up, we just said, well, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going, we'll push it a bit further. Mm-hmm. I was chairman in the early days there and saw it grow. You, you asked earlier about the, how the organisation developed. Mm-hmm. And over the probably the first 20 years up to 2000, it was really just in Johannesburg and we saw groups starting in Tigerberg of Pretoria. Um, one of the things that had a big influence on us was from a 95, Sadie went to a conference in, in the States of the basic American Charter Cancer Parent Organization. Um, and there was a newly formed organization called the International Confederation of Childhood Cancer Parent Organizations, which got referred to as ICIPU, as a rather abbreviation, mm-hmm. now called Childhood Cancer International. And Sadie was the was elected onto the board of that and she was the first person from outside of Europe and North America, essentially from any developing country there. And I think she was very instrumental in changing the focus from developed countries to what happens in the third world. Because there would have been a bias before. Very much. There was in, in, in many parts, even now, many parts of less developed countries, lower income countries, there is no or fairly minimal treatment for childhood cancer. Mm. Mm. Whereas in Europe, all the countries there, you've got well-established treatment programs. Um, so the, the focus... Can, can, can they, I just pause there? Because yeah. I think you just raised an important part, and I will come back to you in, to, in terms of what happened next, right? W- w- would the same apply, Sadie, to 
uh, to just South Africa, because I'm going back to when you started 1979, a country still very much um, in the midst of apartheid where things was, I mean, they still are very divided, but then they were absolutely divided. So it was spatial divides, right? Mm. Uh, did you have that problem? Because initially it may have been children of, of one type sitting together in one, let's call it a whites-only hospital or a blacks-only hospital. How are you able to, to cross those boundaries? I think we were lucky we were allowed, our medical staff were on complete academic level of medicine mm-hmm. and they were all part of the Vitz, uh, medical campus um, expertise group. And, and so Baragwanath and Jerberg Jen, and we always worked together. We worked very well okay. together. And, and what, was it very difficult at that stage? To, because you, you effectively had two cultures, and it sounds crazy even saying that because I don't believe that, but you get my point. Yes. From two different worlds in one world. But I think our doctors were playing in the same field, so they made it so much easier that everybody worked together. And no matter what, what we did for one, we did for the other. In fact, we did a whole lot more, I think, for the less developed areas than we did for the developed area. And you were able to do that? We were. Oh, and how. And particularly, I mentioned Professor Lorna McDougall earlier. Mm. She was the absolute star and, and Professor Richard Conn. I mean, they were, we all worked so together in academia, in academic medicine. Okay. More to come from uh, Sadie Cutler, our big hitter for the night, uh, co-founder, one of, one of many people around Chuck, this organization put together for children with cancer from 1979. Back to you, Julian. Uh, so so you, were, you, you were talking about, okay, so she got elected to this international body, oh, right? Okay. And, and I think it was, it's been one of the things that's been very instrumental in that, in raising awareness of what other parent groups and support groups have done around the world, the sort of programs they've done, how they've organized themselves in terms of national bodies or local bodies. And we've learned a lot from them. And, and this, I guess you could say, inspired us in 2000 to talk to other small groups that were formed and say, can we actually put together something on a national basis? And this became a, mm. a kind of m- major step change in the organization becoming an organization and for various reasons we said fine we want to have we, we want to be able to advocate for children on a national level for that you need to have one body one brand but you need to have feet on the ground in each of the treatment centers so it's having a, a national body but with working groups regional groups around in, and in each how, of how the did centers. you put it all together then? um but, but one of the things we did, because we had a very good friend who was in the New Zealand Childhood Cancer Foundation, and we basically t- took their constitution and panel beat it rather and, and used that as the basis for what we've done. And I think it's turned out to be a very successful model for us. Mm-hmm. So, so now but both of you, I think both of you are retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, but involved in any way in chalk in terms of, you know, from a distance or directing vote? Go ahead. Oh, yes. I still continue to be on the Johannesburg Chalk Committee, um, being a nurse, a retired nurse, and having worked at Jerberg Gen for 25 years, mm-hmm. of which 20 years was in the Children's Cancer Ward, up until uh, November when I broke an ankle. Um, That's a few months ago? Yeah, okay. three months ago. Um, I've always gone back every Monday to help in the ward, so I can still 
fortunately, I can still do lots of things. I don't do nursing, but I do a lot of the admin. And then the other thing I do at our truck house, being an interesting interested in gardening we have a wonderful group of garden fairies and we're all at this age gray hair and so on and uh, we i also do chock house garden once a month so okay wow yeah <laughs> what's what what's it like and julian i want to put this to you specifically you know uh, being being a parent male female doesn't really matter but what's it like being being a parent of a child with an with an illness that that potentially is is, is terminal right you know yeah. what's it like when you when you find out mm. and, and and the process of what you went through next i think it's it, it's one of the things that one will always remember is that the day that you're told your child has something i mean we were told by the, f- the first hematologist who saw her well buy a crash helmet so she doesn't get a bleed in her brain um and this is in november and mm-hmm. she probably won't be with you at christmas as, 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 as brutal as that. Basically as brutal as that. But then, say, when we, we, we referred on then oh, goodness. to the to TMI, Transform Memorial Institute, met Lorna McDougall, and she said, well, OK, we'll do tests, we'll do this, we'll do bone marrow aspirates. And they said, yeah, there's signs of live marrow, so we'll treat it conservatively. It was um, anabolic steroid mm-hmm. cortisone over a four-year period. And... We went through many months, and I think it's well accepted. People who have things like this happen go through various stages of anger, denial, bargaining, yeah. you know, eventually hopefully getting to acceptance there and developing your coping mechanisms for it. And, I mean, it was a couple of years after we actually had a talk by a mm. psychologist who explained all of this, and you can say, yep, we did that, we went through that, <laughs> etc. And... I think it's, it, it's important that people understand the sort of reactions that they're going to have. Absolutely. But when you, were, when you were told, you know, she won't be around in December, what was your immediate reaction? Anger, denial. <laughs> Although, yes, um, you know, it was a yeah. hell of a shock. Yes. Um, you. Oh, devastated. Devastated because she'd been such a healthy child. And and just it was a bone marrow failure. It came out of the blue, and we never ever knew why it ever happened. So it was an idiopathic and acquired, as we were told in the medical terminology. Um, but we are much grateful, very grateful parents. And as I say, I think we bargained. We both bargained, you know, in every way that you can bargain. Um, and you know, we're grateful that she's a forty-eight year old now. Mm. If you can. Maybe explain why why has she survived? What what has happened medically to from this child that will not see December all those years ago to to now? What has happened? You know, from the point of view of how was she treated? Yeah, in, in terms of medically. So what I'm saying, there was a diagnosis, yes. and on that basis, there was this prediction that says she won't see December. Yeah, but she's seen many December since then. So Thank what the what Lord. actually has happened? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, she, you know, at that stage, the four years of treatment, which as Julian alluded mm. to, anabolic steroids and, and cortisone, prednisone. Um, but today's treatment is quite different. There's different 
um, gamma globulins on the market now and so on. But she, she, you know, we just took one step at a time. That's nursed her at home for a year and then she got her back into school. So there was all that missing of school. There was all that side effects of all that medication and so on that we had to contend with. And, and her life now? She's a married, got two, we've got two wonderful grandchildren, age 15 and 13. Sadly, they live in England, okay. but we make it our business to go there and they come to us. Well, there you are. And there, well, you have grandchildren. I mean, that's the bonus you <laughs> never would have thought you had. Yes. Oh, wait, 911 If you wish to engage with Sadie Catlin and her husband, Julian, um, around, around Chuck, uh, she's certainly our big hitter for the night, you can do so. And update just as we get to, well, just about half time. Uh, Mamalodi Sundowns leading Cape Town City by one goal to nothing. It's a key match for Sundowns in their race to win the uh, the PSL title. And we'll certainly update you on all those scores as and when uh, they happen or they, they, the changes occur there. T- tell me about the, um, J- Julian, in, 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 ter- in terms of your, your understanding of, you know, the prevalence of, of young children with cancer, like, can we put a percentage to it? The figures that have always been quoted is that one child in 600 will develop some sort of cancer. And that covers a whole, you know, a wide variety of things of leukemias, mm-hmm. brain tumors, kidney, basically anywhere. One of the things that you don't get are what would, with adult, what you get with adults, which are lifestyle related, i.e. lung, mm-hmm. bowel, skin, those don't occur. I think a bit because they're too young at that stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but because they haven't been exposed to many mm. of the environmental and self-inflicted things. Um, typically, they reckon about a third are leukemias, but again, there's mm. various types of that. Some of the, the survival rates can vary, and this is talking in Western Europe states. For, for some types, it can be 95%. For others, it can be as low as 30%. So... It, it depends very much on the type of cancer and also what stage it's caught. Of course, yeah. But I would think in all cases, it frightens parents Absolutely. greatly when you when you find out about it. I'll pick up on that and more in a moment. 0891-104-207. This is The Viewpoint. If you're active on social media and love SAFM, we hope you'll take a moment to like or follow our SAFM page on Facebook and Twitter. These are the best places to find all the guest information, conversations and stories you love from your favorite presenters along with regular updates from SABC News. And don't forget, you can send your questions to feedback at safm.co.za. SAFM, leading the conversation. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM, 105.9 FM in Port Elizabeth. At SAFM Radio and at Ashraf Gada on Twitter. We'll talk about uh, violence in schools, sadly. Not today. Uh, not now, but later on after 9 o'clock. So we will touch on that. It's a big issue. It's a massive concern indeed. And that's by children. Now, what about children 
who are affected by life-threatening diseases. That's where an organization like CHOC comes in, a, well, effectively the Childhood Cancer Foundation. And they've been put together, started 1979, so certainly has made a massive impact. And I think it's got high, high visibility. Sadie Cutlin is our big hitter with her as well, is her husband. In fact, he was very much there up front from the very beginning as well, and once they chaired uh, the, the organization. Perhaps, Julian, let me ask you this. The, how, how does, I, I would take it there could be many other support groups of different types right uh, once you decide that you're a support group you you also want to get funding you uh, you know all the things we spoke about earlier on you want to you want to leverage to get the best medical care for the people that you serve right mm. how but but sig- key to that would be ensuring that the chuck is is branded chuck has a has as a public brand that people are aware of how, how do you do do you deliberately do that Yes, I, th- I think over the years we've built the visibility. Um, it's initially locally in Johannesburg, then on a, a national basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there were a couple of things that raised our visibility tremendously in about the 2003-2005. One of them was cow parade, and I don't know if you remember that, where, where fiberglass cows were sometimes disassembled and reassembled in peculiar shapes and okay. produced I don't, as, but anyway. Uh, but yeah. it, it was in Cape Town, um, yeah. Johannesburg, Durban. Um, and almost concurrent with that, the Danone adopted CHOC as their um, social responsibility mm-hmm. and over five years funded buying the CHOC houses in Bloemfontein, Pretoria, Diepkloof, East London, Cape Town. So, and, and those, and, and a lot of people remember some of the ads that Danone put together over that period. Yeah. And that kind of forced another, if you like, transition because you go from being very much a, if you like, amateur, you know, volunteer mm-hmm. run, ju- just parents involved and saying, well, okay, now you're playing in a different league. You need to be seen to have governance in place. You need to be able to see to be managing funds well with more houses means more expenditure more staff so you've got it's a sort of to, um you you need it but you've got to pay for it and raising funds and maintaining funds on a sustainable basis is always a challenge and i think it's all ngos find this that you yeah it can be an uphill struggle well it is you, sometimes you, more than others yeah. absolutely you, you want to come in on that sadie Running your own house is a struggle and, and your own <laughs> life is a struggle. But yes, we've we've grown exponentially, really, haven't we? Mm. Um, in every ways and looked at what the needs are. And as I said earlier, listening and what identifying. And I recall clearly Prof Richard Conn saying to me once, Sadie, if you do nothing else, compliance is an issue. Now, what do we mean by compliance? There's no point in starting a protocol of chemotherapy and treating a child Mm. if we cannot see that through. And so a transport fund got put in place. And so there's a lot of financial support Mm. for the parents, Mm. let alone the housing support that I mentioned earlier at Chalk Houses. And so it goes on from pillar to post. And we are learning all the time. And I think that's what's wonderful now, the fact that we've got a social worker, um, a Chalk's 
social worker in every unit around the country now where there's somebody there who can speak in the vernacular with the That's parents. That's very important, yeah. Yeah, that we can now do that. And that play, that there is volunteers there, that there is somebody to distract mm. the child, maybe having treatment or after treatment. That, of course. You know, how, how many people involved in CHOC in, in some way or the other? Oh, very difficult to say, yeah. if I can just come in. Mm. We employ about 70 people, 70, 75 people. That includes social workers, the staff at the house, um, as well as you know, pe- pe- people involved with the awareness programs as well, which are a major part of what we're doing now. Um, our budget, well, when we started off, the first cheque we deposited, I think, was 87 rand there. Um the budget now is around 30 million in a year. Per, per annum, eh? Per yeah. annum, which is wow. a lot of money. And funding for, the, for that comes from where? From a variety of sources, um, some corporate donors. We have some who are very regular, committed donors. From individuals. Um, mm. We sometimes get money from the lotto, but that seems to be being cut back less frequently and less amounts. Um, events that we run, so one doesn't want to be too dependent on any one Absolutely. source of income. How, how do you? How do you, you know, I mean, you almost sort of semi-answer that that you you don't want to be dependent. So at some stage, do you do you create events that are that are revenue stream generators in your own right? Yeah, that's it. Obviously, the more sustainable, the more frequent, you know, and to have something which runs on a regular basis, that's fine. One of the things that has been fantastic for us has been the, the chalk cows. And this started 10, 11 years back when a pair, a, 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 mm. a couple whose daughter, in fact, had died, Jessica, mm. decided to raise some money from chalk and decided to ride the 94 7 um, cycle race. Cycle yeah. race. Yeah. Yeah. And they ended up, the only suits they could get were cow suits. And so they did that, six of them. <laughs> um, there we are. Th- and that was the first year. And then some friends got involved. And I think the next year is over 100. And now mm. regularly get mm. several hundred riding in cow okay, That's amazing. Eh? But I mean, you're the bottom of a th- 30 million budget. So you... It's yeah. an NGO, but but it's 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 a fully it's a, it's it's not a club of people just having no. sipping coffee and cucumber no. sandwiches. And I'm saying that with the greatest of respect. I mean, it's yeah. it's, just, yeah. it's moving into something massively bigger. You you want to talk about just from your side, Sidney, about about how it's evolved and and how big and, and impactful it's become. I'll talk about programs just now. Starting off with cake sales and jumble sales and that sort of thing. I mean, now it is major fundraising functions. And and as Julian alluded to, the cows are major. They're most wonderful, wonderful support. And they are national as well. They're actually from doing the doozy canoe to running mm, mm. comrades. I mean, people running comrades and, and gosh, riding m- m- races. M- Midmar. Midmar, you name it, everybody's into everything. And these gorgeous suits that are utterly beautiful because there's an udder at the front, you see. So they <laughs> make are. it great fun. Um, and, and I'm sure lots of awareness around young people who watch them would be naturally fascinated. Do, that. Do, do, you then, do they then use that awareness to say, let me tell you what we're here for? I mean, obviously they would do that, right? They're always, yes, they're mm. certainly putting, putting their print there. Oh, yes, they're wonderful. Mm. 
Tell me about the programs. I mean, you, you've left this leaflet with me to, to look at, right? And some specific programs that, that Jock is involved in. Tell me about Well, particularly, I think the warning signs one is so beneficial for everybody because a lot of the parents do not realize that that little lump um, you know, is could be something mm. like malignancy or something like that, and and lots of people in out in the African bush, they may not have a GP. They certainly don't have a pediatrician yeah. to go to. So it's important that we train. And one of the big things that's been training is the um, clinics, the clinic staff, as well as the traditional healers. Okay, that in, in in the big cities or in the, rural areas nationally okay. nationally and i've been you know present when this really happened and it was absolutely wonderfully moving to watch to mm. see what was happening but, but i mean is it is it fair to say that i think and i certainly think about things like breast cancer where you know women are trained to sort of inspect their, their breast at times mm. and if there's any question marks they would obviously go to the gynae or whatever but mm-hmm. to to look for suspicious uh lesions or something that just doesn't work out uh, that shouldn't be there for for children from what five ten years how do you do that i think every child i always reassure every mother and father they know their child best and if they observe something different like the spot in the eye that could be a retinoblastoma and often parents when they take a picture they will see Mm. one eye Mm. looks a little different to the other follow it up be inquisitive like if a child suddenly starts falling over or their walk, their gait becomes a different pitter-patter, make sure they watch it. Or if a child wakes up in the morning just vomiting, it could be a pressure in the head. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. those sorts of things. And as I say, every mum knows a child. And you at least talk about bruising. But every child will climb a jungle gym and knock the knees Absolutely. and shins yeah. and land on the ground and have have a bruise. So, uh, you know, one mustn't be hysterical. One must just think about how they know their own child and then seek medical care or medical advice and be they do just practical. Like, I, Oh eight nine one one zero four two seven. chatting to Sadie Catlin together with her husband, Julian. Um, and we're talking about Chuck here as part of um, the big hitter feature, Chuck, really an organisation, a foundation that looks at support really for ch- for children with mm. with uh, with with cancer uh, some change in the scoreline in that PSL game that b- important game uh, Mount Lodi Sundowns 1 Cape Town City 1 remember it's Sundowns Orlando Pirates and Cape Town and, and Vitz University in fact challenging according to my mathematics for the uh, for the league title Let, let's then pick up I, I just want to go back to the issue of, of um, observing um, and Julian maybe you can just comment on this uh, so, you know, South Africa, by and large, and we still have it. We have two worlds. We have this people living in metropolitan South Africa in the suburbs, and they have sort of one way of life. And people in townships have another, and then people in rural areas have another completely different world. Mm-hmm. What, what sort of? I mean, how geared are are the impoverished to be able to to even look at the type of things we're talking about now? Or and I know you mentioned traditional leaders earlier mm-hmm. on, but, but generally, do, can I take it that so much will go amiss because they are effectively prejudiced by virtue of their birth? Yeah, I, I think one of, the, one of the problems is that even medically trained people, doctors, nurses, have not necessarily had cancer on their agenda as possibilities. 
And this is what a lot of the, the awareness is focused on the primary health care clinics, because that's quite often where people will go first. That, and if the sister there sees something and says, it could be, and the next, and therefore what I need to do is so-and-so, and refer it, get tests done, um, and then it might end up up the chain to a hospital where you know, to confirm or deny and then end up in the specialist treatment centre. So, so this is it. it it's, it's addressing it at grassroots level. And also that traditional healers, say, can accept not a, that they are not really equipped for handling certain mm, illnesses mm, 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 mm. and that it's their duty and... To, to their to the society and to the child to the families to take the appropriate action to refer it for proper medical treatment and, and that's what that is, uh, so, is so so it, yeah. it really is addressing that um r r right the way through the whole medical chain of putting it on people's agenda not saying it necessarily could be because a lot of the symptoms can be very non-specific mm. you know you get a big bruise and mm, yes it mm, could mm. be or might not be but at least think it might be how, how do you avoid a paranoia then you know someone listening is like now they are going to inspect every single moment every single action sadie constant constant reassurance of those parents and just being there counseling the parents the whole psychosocial program has to come into play top it really has. And, and you know, so many parents, as you say, I can get paranoid about their child. But, you know, once they've walked the path with somebody and get the reassurance and form the trust, and trust is a big thing mm. in every field. And I think that's where we have to then say, okay, come back in a week or let's monitor it as you would with your okay. child. And, and, and so that's the paranoia when... when they, a child has been diagnosed with, with a form of cancer. Then the other one is someone listening to you and I today and we're saying, you know, check for every bruise, check for this, check for the eyes. And I would think there would be that sort of paranoia as well where yeah. there's just absolute suspicion about every single thing. How, how do you, what advice do you give them? You want them to check, but you don't want them to be paranoid. If we've dropped the awareness signal, then that's great that they will be conscious of the fact they'll look out for those sorts of things. But what can one say? You just hope you would encourage them to come forward and have the issue addressed. Yeah, absolutely. Change in that call line once again. So it was 1-0 to Sundowns, then 1-all, but now Sundowns have taken the lead. Once again, they lead by two goals to one against Cape Town City, 63 minutes into the game. Let's pick up a caller from KZN, so you need to get your headphones on, uh, Sadie and Julian, so you can hear this call. Uh, Zweli, uh, welcome to the show. Hi. Zweli, Hi. Good morning, South Africa. Good, good morning, SA. More like good evening, but okay, we'll take the morning. Maybe different time zones, it's fine. Go ahead, hello. <laughs> yeah. Excellent and excellent and excellent uh, to the family there. But uh, what I want to say, those people who are preaching us to hate the wife, to hate the people, to hate whoever, please, please, please. I'm telling to your work because it's going to work for the West, it's going to work for Africa, it's going to work for the poor and the rich. There's no poor or rich, there's no rich, we are all South Africans, we are all Africans in the West. Don't please politician preach us to hate anybody. Okay, but why are you saying that now? I mean, I'm trying to think in the context of what we're talking about, Swelly. Swelly. Yeah, because 
because we will find the people now they say hey this one hey this one but this is a, a cancer a cancer is very expensive very expensive very expensive but we have the people who have created an ngo they, they find raising between everything thank you very much for what the, the experience of when to your shot is now made. oh we just lost you but okay we got the just he's very grateful as well he's Listen. Thank you to both of you, to the Listen. to the two of you. So that that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, no, can, can I j- just make yeah. a comment? I, I think what, what, one of the things that one tries to do in raising awareness is also to address areas like the stigma that is often associated with cancer. Mm-hmm. That and we certainly encourage people to, you know, to, to, to use the words to, to talk about cancer. It's a thing that that happens in life. Um, that there should not be a stigma associated with it. And, and it's one of the things that, in fact, we're starting to look at because quite often survivors, people who have gone through treatment and come out, and it can be very much a cultural thing. There it becomes, you know, affects marriages, people become unacceptable as partners, so on. So there can be a stigma attached, and not just for childhood cancer, but for adult cancer as well. And I think that this is one thing in raising awareness and bringing it, making it more visible, that one hopes this stigma becomes less. And, Absolutely. And, right. More to come. I want to talk about maybe relationships with the Department of Health and community development or uh, social development as well, if anything. We'll do that right after this. You're lucky you have me here. You got this one! <sighs> I fancy him. Hey, hey! <laughs> We get along very well as friends. Yeah, but I don't know about today, so it's going to be awkward today. I couldn't get back on the board. We will lose the next challenge, and we are going on. I can tell you that for free. The Longest Date, Mondays at 7.30pm, only on SABC3. Eight to 10pm, The Viewpoint with Asraf Garda. We'll, uh, we'll talk about violence in schools. That's not a good thing. But yeah, it's about uh, children who are battling with disease, young children, and the support of CHOC, this foundation, the Children's Cancer Foundation, that puts together things together with uh, Sadie Cutlin and, and, and Julian Cutlin uh, and the support they've played and the role they've played since 1979. I understand that there's, there's collaborations, SA Rugby, uh, I, I think Super Sport. Tell, tell me more about that, Julian. Well, this is something that's just coming about this year. Um, I think it was launched a couple of weeks ago in Cape Town, where Supersport and Vodacom, um, all of the um, Super Rugby teams in South Africa are now changed their branding and following superheroes. Those super, Captain Marvel type of things, Captain, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, and Black Panther and whatever. And the commitment is from them from the sponsors that is it i think be a hundred rand per tackle made by okay. south african sides and they're expecting and i thought whether they've committed that it will lead to a, a million rand for chalk and i think this would be, be fantastic in terms of there but also important is awareness that children do get cancer mm. awareness that it can be treated successfully that support is needed um yeah that it it, yeah. it, it it it's creating that visibility there and and hopefully it would there'll be if you like a, 
also a spin-off in terms of cancer in generally because we do work with other organisations that are involved with cancer and there's many other organisations, some particularly focused on childhood cancer, obviously on breast cancer, on cancer survivors and other things. And it's very important there's enough for people to do that we don't need to compete yeah. but to cooperate. And, and, and we've tried to work, work very hard to create these alliances and support these alliances. And, and you've done pretty well indeed. Uh, let's get a call from Devin. Madeline, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, good evening. I do apologise. I've only started listening just now, so I don't know if you've covered this aspect, but we're, I'm in Durban and we've got a boy here. Um, he got leukemia when he was about five or six. And then, uh, you know, it was a, uh, he went into remission. It came back when he was 12, went back into remission. He's now 17 in the trick, and it's come back. And now he has to have uh, a bone marrow, uh, I mean, looking for a donor. I'm just appealing to anyone listening. If you're, I think it's between the ages of 18 and 45, just please get yourself tested. Um, if it doesn't help this particular boy, then it can help other people. I'm begging you, please, as listeners, go out there and get tested. I'll listen on the radio. There are ways to get tested. I'm sure your your people on in your couple that, who sound marvellous, I'm sure they will know where to go and how to register. At these Absolutely. I'm, I'm going I'm to get those details in just a moment. Thank you, Madeline. Well, I mean, Madeline's saying it as it is, right? Yes, you know, absolutely. Absolute concern, yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, real. T- t- tell me about the, the testing. So, w- what would you want people to do now? Okay, okay. Um, th- there is an organisation which we you know, have worked with, the Sunflower Fund. And yes. This was started by a parent mm-hmm. whose child in fact, ended up dying of leukemia, and their focus is very much on building up a database of people who are potential bone marrow donors. Yeah. Um, and the more people you have, the more chances of getting a match yeah. For, yeah. A, 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 for bone marrow donation there. And it tends to be fairly specific within populations, so the broader and the more people there are on the database. So And, and the bone marrow, is that, a, is that a living donor? Just forgive my... Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. yes. It, it, it basically yes. is just extracting some... Mm-hmm. W- w- with a needle, extracting mm. some bone marrow f- from the... Yeah. Well, well, how, many, how do we create the awareness around, around donor? I, I have an interest in it. My, my daughters are twice recipient of a kidney, I should tell you. But that's a, another discussion. But just generally in the, in the minute we have, just the, the awareness around donor. Well, I think everybody, everybody can. I think what I understand is that they go to the blood. Um, they have a sample of blood taken first. And it costs about something like small. 250 mm, rand or mm, something mm. like that and then they're tested and then they're seen to be if they're eligible to go on the bone but best to be honest I'm out of it from that point of view um, from the point of view of the up-to-date information so I would suggest that they follow what Julian says go to the Sunflower Foundation and seek advice and I'm sure and they they'll, and they'll give it to you. They and the other is just a general from, from a donor, just organ donor foundation, but that, that's yes. separate, even for adults as well. Yes. Right. Okay. Maybe maybe a last thing as we wrap up, just a, a contact number or a website for uh, for Chuck. Chuck um, www.chocchoc.org.za. 
www.medicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedicalmedic